The true crime podcast you are listening to is based in fact. Join host Lisa O'Brien as she examines America's most infamous true crime cases through the lens of the court, not the court of public opinion. No rumor, no spin, no theories, just back. Here's Lisa O'Brien. In this bonus episode, I'm joined by Amy Kingry and Jennifer Harmon to talk about the recent developments in Oklahoma, including the Pardon and Parole Board Reform Bill that was passed in committee last week, the propaganda campaign by the bill's opposition, the Oklahoma lethal injection trial, the grand jury investigation into the release of Lawrence Anderson, and the recent and abrupt resignation of Kelly Duell from the Pardon and Parole Board. We'll also talk about what that resignation means to the makeup of the board. Amy, a native of Edmond, Oklahoma, has been a paralegal in Oklahoma City for 21 years. She's a co-founder of the Oklahoma Victims Innocence Project, a community organization dedicated to supporting victim survivors of violent crime as they navigate post-conviction litigation. OKVIP's goal is to let victims of violent crimes know that they have a voice to speak the truth, even if their voices shake. Jennifer Harmon, a native of Tulsa, Oklahoma, is a community advocate, alert neighbor, and a Navy veteran. She holds a Master of Divinity from Phillips Theological Seminary and is also a co-founder of Oklahoma Victims Innocence Project. In 2011, Jennifer co-founded Justice for Peggy Guyton, a citywide publicity campaign comprised of residents across Tulsa, local media, and small business owners, which was instrumental in helping police make an arrest in the December 22nd, 2011 murder of grandmother Peggy Guyton. And ladies, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having us again. What is this like bonus number eight episode? No, it's only number two bonus. <laughs> just kidding. And, and I only call it bonus because I, I had announced episode six looking at the West Memphis three oh, okay. DNA propaganda. So I didn't want to say this is episode six. So this is always going to be a bonus. Well, so. certainly we are ground zero. <laughs> Oklahoma is ground zero for all of this death penalty stuff. I know. And a lot of, really a lot of things are going on. You have house bill 3903, mm-hmm. uh, which passed out of committee. Uh, now, first of all, what is House Bill 3903? What does it do? Uh, House Bill 3903 is basically, say, a safety net. <clears throat> it basically defines the powers of the Pardon and Parole Board in Oklahoma. Um, it basically takes out some things, puts in some things that states what they can and cannot do. Um, Most importantly in this one, it focuses on uh, individuals that have been sentenced to death or sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. It clarifies uh, what they can receive, what they can't receive, and just basically reinforces 
because a law trumps the rules of that board, okay, um, of their rules and procedures. So basically, it's just a, a, like a safety net to ensure is it, that some things that have happened in the past year or so uh, with the pardon and parole board are not allowed to happen again. Which is consider the innocence of the person right applying among many things <laughs> yeah among yeah there, there, there's many yeah. there's many fingers to this and i you know that's one of the things i would like to touch on is this bill is not just about death penalties it's yeah. not it's about commutations of violent offenders period right. and mm-hmm. that's a big branch for us and so yes one of the things in it is the pardon and parole board cannot hear a case of innocence they are merely to hear a clemency hearing and decide if there should be mercy or lenience. Right. And And because we know they were considering people that had been turned down the year before. They were uh, allowing people to have hearings when those people had disciplinaries that according to their rules meant no hearing. Correct. And so they weren't following. Right. Because they weren't following their rules. Right. And it declares, it declares in section three um, of the new law um, that if, I'm sorry, in section two of the new law, it states that if an inmate receives or has received a favorable recommendation for commutation, he may not apply for any further commutation. Mm-hmm. And if an inmate, say it's not a death row inmate, say it's a regular offender, and say that inmate receives an unfavorable recommendation for commutation of that sentence, mm-hmm. he cannot request another commutation, which is a lesson of his sentence for a period of three years, which was in effect before, but they changed their own rules. So then that was allowed. Then you have violent criminals released, allowed back into the community, jeopardizing the public safety and possibly right. hurting other citizens. So that is clarified as well. Yes. And, right. uh, and the, I think the, if, if you asked, um, and it is, it's pretty straightforward. It basically puts it out there and what our pardon and parole board has been doing for decades, um, what kind of body they are and what they consider. And I'm glad that Mr. Pfeiffer did it because, you know, we have people now who are, supporters of in number 270147 who think that's about them or um if you are a death penalty person you know they are trying to tell the public they're misinforming the public that removing application for clemency is removing an innocent person's right to be considered mm-hmm. innocent and you know what's really messed up about that and mr walkie really showed us you know what is at that meeting at that committee meeting is okay well first of all you're if you're applying for something with the pardon and parole board you have been rendered guilty in a court of law you're not going in there innocent and so if you've already exercised appeal after appeal after appeal and 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 failed to produce anything substantive by the time you get to your execution date and and clemency if you're a death penalty inmate um you know you're still guilty you're not innocent 
And mm -hmm. so it's not up to the pardon and parole board at that point to adjudicate whether you're innocent or not. Right. And it just seems so simple, but this is the doorway that the activists in Oklahoma are choosing to use and to try to influence and reform our criminal justice system. That's a very important thing to remember about all of this. And, and I know you've, know you've known about this forever, Lisa. And so have Martin and Roberta. You know, what, whatever state you're in, the anti-death penalty people, they will, they're looking for every way they can get their feet in the door mm -hmm. and, 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 and spew lies to the public and sham the public into not having any kind of confidence in our judicial system. And once they can get the public, most of the public to not have any confidence in the system, well, then they can reform it the way they want it. Right. Exactly. And that was, and I, I think, think a, a good, sorry. <laughs> I think that was a big problem with this particular board uh, there. They weren't seeking AG input into mm -hmm. things that they wanted to do um there was a problem notifying da's and victims mm -hmm. and so that's also codified in uh 3903 that they have correct. to give the da and the victims at least 14 days yes correct and administrative parole is automatically denied if a victim's uh or family or da protest their mm -hmm. uh administrative parole which is huge because and we'll get into the uh, kelly doyle issue but one of the things that she was known for doing was just blatantly disregarding the district attorney's responses on those Correct. she in fact quoted that they didn't take what they were um opposing and objecting to the releases or the paroles seriously because they did it to every single one. Mm -hmm. But what Ms. Doyle didn't understand is that is their job. Correct. That is their job. That is what they know after trying the case, after, you know, having all of the information from what this prisoner has done since then. You know, it, there was a statement uh, made by I can't even remember who it was because I'm drawing a blank, but basically that this board uh, was able to review um, a better review of the case and facts and evidence outside of the lawyers. Well, that's a lie mm -hmm. because they don't review it and they don't look at the letters. Mm -hmm. So that's another good part for this bill is they absolutely have to give notice and they absolutely cannot grant an administrative parole, which that means no hearings, no witnesses, no things like that. Um, they cannot do that if there is a, an objection to it. Great. And, and the um, people like Mr. Walkie and Mr. Lowe of the Black Caucus, who has openly said Julius Jones is guilty and yet stands with the caucus and trying to use his name to get stuff like this, you know, from getting through committee, they conflate and refer to this old case, um, Herrera, and they refer to it in the committee meeting. But really, you know, the bottom line is clemency is is not a right. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege and it's based on mercy. 
Correct. It's not a right for you to say I'm innocent and I have a right to a clemency hearing. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. But that's part of a disinformation kind of campaign that the likes of of Walkie and Lowe, the entire Black Caucus, uh, Miss Goodwin and other local reps. That's just part of their um, public sham. And um, I got into it. I got into it with the gal who is, you know, heads the, you know, one of the parties in our state the other day. And I, you know, I love this lady and I respect her. Um, but in my conversation with someone else, I said, I, d I don't care who you are. If you're guilty and you're guilty, and there are people who say you're guilty, yet they're arguing to, for your release. That's a problem for me. Mm -hmm. And um, she suggested I was using some, you know, Willie Horton tactic. And, you know, I, I mean, I am just astounded, astounded at the level and the degree of uh, public... I don't know what it is that I could even call it, but the bottom line is that through this HBO, HB3903 um, Glossop Jones lethal injection trial, Lawrence Anderson, our pardon and parole board, we have a, the blue shirts in Oklahoma, the lies are in full force. And it just astounds me the depth of it to the public um the bottom line jeopardizing public safety the mm -hmm. willingness to jeopardize mine and my family's safety just to get some stuff passed just i, I mean for whatever reason i mean and it's bullshit right so well what is the next step uh for this hb 3903 becoming law in Oklahoma. So it's got a couple of more steps. Uh, it will now go back to the House floor for a full vote. Uh, it goes back as, as passed out of committee, and that must be done no later than March 24th. Um, if it passes through the House, then it will go to the Senate. Uh, and then if it gets through the Senate, it could be amended by the Senate. They could kind of do the same thing. The Senate could look at it and say, mm, I kind of like it, but I want these revisions. And so it could kind of play a back and forth thing a little bit mm -hmm. um, for a little while. Um, but then the main thing would be once it, if it finally goes through everything, um, then it would go to um, the governor. And as far as date that it would be effective, um, it is written in there that due to certain situations, you know, a lot of bills become effective November 1st of that year, mm -hmm. whatever year that is. This one actually states that it to become effective immediately upon passing. Okay. So it could be as soon as, you know, it, as soon as it's signed and passed. So um, I will say there's, there's a lot of work. There's some of us that are going to get together this next week. Um, and, and kind of get a game plan because like Jen was just saying, it's the, it's the misinformation, but it's also people just being uninformed. They don't know what it entails. And when mm -hmm. all you hear are, um, 
bait line phrases such as this takes away their right of innocence to prove innocence. No, no, it doesn't. Right. Um, and so there's going to be, you know, I understand that we have a house full of Republicans, but I can tell you right now, um, our attorney's general's office did a dang good job mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday. I was there. I was, I was yeah. right next to them and she was, you know, Colin walkie. And I said it the other day and I'll say it again. He outdoes my children in the level of temper tantrums. And I got five of them, (laughs) one of them being a four-year-old girl. And I have never seen so much wah, wah, wah commotion. You know, Um, it it was pointed out just perfectly. Like if they can make enough noise and try to confuse you, because that's really what was going on. He was trying to throw Pfeiffer this, this confusion, you know, and Mm -hmm. the members itself, you know, thank goodness that our committee, you know, chair, kind of reined that back in and said, so what you're saying is, you know, because walkie was just all over the place. And then, then him getting to the CPAC was just whatever. Um, And so my point in saying this is, this is going to continue. There's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of noise. And our focus is to stay, you know, stand firm on what benefits this does for the victims and their families in Oklahoma. This is not a single person uh, you know, trying to point out one single person or prevent one single individual. Um, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to stress, if you don't know what this bill is in, I urge you to contact me, contact your reps, read it yourself, because this is not just about death row inmates. This is not right. just about people sentenced to life without parole. I mean, your you know? third grader could read it. Your third grader could mm-hmm. read it. And right, go, but there's oh, a difference in it. reading it and <laughs> interpreting and, relaying it it's like that game of telephone you know you've got a party on the other side who this is what the bill says but yet by the time it gets to the fifth person the bill is just taking away you know the right of innocence and that's and that's not what it is and so you know there's gonna be a lot of support gained in this but I'm telling you right now it's not going to be an easy feat and all of us that were there on Wednesday um, that were standing ready to speak to reps and speak to everyone else will be there again Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we just got to try to keep the focus. We can't play the same game they're playing. I don't want and, to. And right. prop, props to the, to the props to the people, the council that's working in the AG's office. You need only go back and watch the clemency hearings when they show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, the AG's litigators, the, those guys and gals are on point. And, and props to them. I mean, you know, I, I've never been exposed to, you know, you, you in the past in, with stuff in Oklahoma, you might see something about an AG's opinion, but I personally have never, you know, seen, you know, their litigators, the people that work for the AG at work. And this is, I have in the last year and those, they are sharp. They're sharp. And they know, you know, they, their job is, it's real easy to be that sharp and not taking away from them, but they know the law. And at the end of the day, the law is the law. I don't care what you say or what you want to try to claim. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Fiverr said in that committee meeting, if we allow this to continue, if we allow this disruption to the one thing that we stand firm on, we're in trouble. I mean, we're just, it's, it's, it's a nightmare and 
we just have to stand up for it. And again, you're going to hear a lot of noise and, you know, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Um, but we just need to make sure that we're just getting it out there and making sure that it's known because it's a road, you know, we could be doing this for a few more months. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and if I may interject, yes, everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but they're not entitled to their own facts and logic. And I, I, I am, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to throw some shade, make some noise, whatever it is that people call it. Shame on you inmate 270147 and your public cronies and express my disappointment in the Oklahoman for actually publishing that that particular inmates people claim that HB 3903 is political retribution. And here Mm -hmm. is why I say shame on you. Because in part, the reason why we're having this bonus podcast, this bonus, you know, 3.0, 2.0 podcast is because we have had incompetent people on a pardon, pardon. Well, okay, let me go back. So 270147 calls up his buddies, you know, podcast, and he's talking about preserving life. Pardon and parole board supposed to be there to be preserving life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mr. Convicted Murderer. So much for preserving Paul Howell's life. But on that note, for them to suggest that this is some kind of political retribution tells you the level and the degree of narcissism that, or, or the, the belief in their own importance because no one else thinks they're that important. And also the, the degree in which they absolutely do not care about the victims of Lawrence Anderson. Because mm-hmm. if we if we had a competent pardon and parole board in, in totality and it had a system in place, he would have never been redocketed, he would have never been released, and he would have never committed triple murder three days later. Now, can you imagine how the family of the victims and and Amy and I speak to them regularly as one family. Can you imagine? We do know how they felt reading that headline on the Oklahoman because mm-hmm. they know that this pardon and parole board d- didn't do shit to preserve their daughter's life. And so shame on them for even going there. Shame on Mr. Walkie for how he acted in that committee meeting. Shame on Mr. Lowe with the Black Caucus who continues and has in the past said said 270147 is guilty, but then continues to use this guy. Not one of them has ever, ever mentioned any of the victims of these crimes that all resulted, or these recent cases, where the we have an incompetent pardon and parole board that has just made a mess and muckery of victims and their families. And Mm -hmm. that's just wrong. And it just makes me so angry. Yeah. And Anderson, Mr. Pye and his wife were Anderson's family. They were uncle and aunt. Mm -hmm. Right. And he murdered Mr. Pye, almost killed Mrs. Pye. Mm -hmm. And then the, the young, the young child was a niece or a cousin 
uh, like a, a four little four year old girl, and I apologize. I can't pronounce her name. Right. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. try. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean that was his own family. But you also have another victim in that, and, and that's uh, and Andrew Blankenship. Blankenship. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna bounce off of what uh, Jen just said. You know, this isn't the first time that we've dealt with this, and the tactics that have been used are going to be, con- they're going to continue to use them. Um, I mean, I they don't used to- them walking in the door of the committee meeting. It, they act like, mm-hmm. they act like a bunch of groupie gangsters threatening people hey. walking hey, into Jen. meetings. I've seen it happen in the past. It happened to me in the past. That's why I said that. No, I know. But I, here's, this is my take on this right now. What what we are concerned about are the victims and their families. Right. Um, the reason that I the reason that you and I speak so loudly is so that when the victims and their families are treated the way that we saw these individuals act, mm-hmm. when they try to come at them the same way, that's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah. I yeah. I can take it. You can take it. But the victims and their families can't take it because by the time that they're getting through all of the stuff, they've been so beat down and scared and terrified. And that's what we're here for. So if they want to call names and they want to ridicule and they want to belittle to try and get other people to do what they want, by all means, you do you. But at the end of the day, none of us know what the other person is going through. And I think it's important to note that other people's behaviors don't necessarily define certain people attached to that, I think is the point I'm trying to get. Well, there's a level so, of decorum. There's a level of decorum mm-hmm. that, that really is, is just standard. And mm-hmm. um, that decorum um, didn't mm-hmm. exist with the Howell family. Right. And when you have people that actually put on the cover of a newspaper the, that uh, 270147 people think it's retribution. Um, that's just a level, that's just, it is exemplary of, of the kind of people we're dealing with. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's shameful because, because the heart, really the heart and soul that's sort of underscoring you know, why they're so angry, even though what they're angry about, they're lying about. But under, when you peel away all of those layers, justice is what they're, is where they're going. But they're have absolutely taken the wrong road on this one in every way, shape and form, because you can preach to the choir all you want. You can preach all day to your choir, but to win the war, you've got to exhibit a little decorum and respect for every voice in the room. And you've got mm-hmm. to be able to participate in two-way conversation. And until right. that happens, we're just going to keep talking about you on mm-hmm. these podcasts and keep working behind the scenes to make sure that you don't get anything done like what's happened recently. Right. Well, and, and I think going... that's our best route is we combat one at a time. The only <laughs> stance we won't take is we're not going to be little. We're not going to call names. We're not going to, I say we, Victims Innocence Project is not going to be attached mm-hmm. to name calling, belittling, things like that. Did you act inappropriately? I personally think so. 
Uh, do I think that the victims and victims' family in Oklahoma are still getting screwed over? Do I think that they're still being intimidated and harassed? A hundred percent, which is why we're here, which is why House Bill 3903 is so incredibly important because all the masses and all the noise, they can go make all the noise they want. But at the end of the day, if we stay on the course and this bill is passed and it's made into a law, it's going to shut that down a little bit. Right. And that is how victims and victims' families in Oklahoma are going to slowly start being treated as they should be because a hundred percent they are not. Right. I agree. And I kind of agree with Jennifer's point that if it were the other way around, if Jones's mother was being harassed and called the, a murderer and uh, his sister and his brother were shouted down everywhere they went and ostracized by society, that would be a problem because it's, they're not responsible for what he did. Right. But a lot of the activists, and I've seen it with the West Memphis 3 case, they make the victims' families responsible for the predicament the killers are in. Right. And I've right. seen it and with Stacy Stites' family. You know, yeah. I mean, Stacy Stites' daughter being interviewed and uh, and her sister being interviewed after a hearing and somebody yells, your, your sister had a black baby. Like that matters. Right. It doesn't. But here's the thing. You know. They just want to create enough noise to where you don't pay attention mm -hmm. to the facts. So... The, you know, they can scream that all they want. But here's my other thing. I took a lot of heat this week. A lot. I took a lot of heat from activists. <laughs> I took a lot of heat from activists. I took a lot of heat from people that I love and care about. And all that being said, it is still doesn't take away from the fact of what we're doing. And I'm going to say this, if your platform is motivated by belittling, calling names and trying to intimidate, why are you listening to those people? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to associate with anyone that treats people that way. Mm -hmm. Anyone, right. nor am I going to listen. If someone's trying to get me to believe their side, by calling me ignorant or incompetent or anything like that, you guys, why are we even giving them any time of day? So if well, you're on the fence yeah. out there in Oklahoma and you're wondering if they're telling the truth and what their side means, I don't know that I'd pay attention to people that constantly belittle and intimidate and call people names. Well, it's really kind of made a level. I mean, it's, it, it starts with, um, it's the same thing with gossip. I mean, it's the same thing with any kind of uh, innocence campaign. It starts with a campaign of lies. It starts with a public, a publicity campaign of lies. And then, you know, the other uh, rhetoric, the layers and the layers of, you know, rhetoric that aren't constructive at all. They, they're, it's all the same. It's the same story, different station mm -hmm. stuff. Um, uh, at, and for people like me, and I think Amy would agree, because we're both kind of, in, you know, we're both have been 
you know, at, you know, I'm in Tulsa and a kind of ground zero of sorts, and she's definitely at a ground zero. I mean, her and I have both been intertwined with a lot of, of these voices in the past on the, and for me, more often than not, the same side of the fence standing mm -hmm. right there. But then it did, it got to a point where I thought, wait a minute, I mean, I might not be for that, but I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon where I'm going to lie to the public and endanger public safety. I just right. simply will not go there. You can pay me enough money. There is nothing that important. I just can't, I won't go there. And, and I think Amy's agrees with me to, right. you know, where she, where she's coming from in Oklahoma city, there's just a point where the, you have as an individual, you have to decide, am I going to be, uh, who am I going to be as a person and who am I going to be as a public advocate? Am I going right. to be a moral upstanding person or am I just going to join the crowd? And I think, right. you know, tapping back into 3903, you know, we talk about walkie and what he was doing, you know, there's something else that I think is incredibly important here on public safety. Some of these reps may not be going for re-election, but you know what? They're going to have people who they endorse and who they support. And if you are not aware, I know that Tulsa is your home, but WTF Tulsa and your surrounding areas. If you have not paid attention, you should pay close attention as to which representatives on that committee mm -hmm. voted nay to protect the safety of the public. And if you want to know who it is, it's Bush, it's Walkie, no. it's Lowe, it's Sims, it's Strom. So I encourage you, two of those are Oklahoma City. I encourage you to do your homework. And I encourage you not to allow individuals who are willing to risk the safety of your children and the public to have any more say-so. I was really surprised that, that, that Representative Bush voted nay I, I, I was really surprised about that that i mean and just from knowing her um dealing with her uh, uh, eons ago on a, a local ordinance and her being you know she used to be the head of the crime prevention network i was really kind of surprised i mean but at this at, in the same token i think there's got to be, I, I don't know. I, I would be interested in hearing from her about why she went nay. Well, I know that she has people that go off of her and kind of follow yeah. her lead. Yeah. You can expect that I'm going to be at the Capitol yeah. and I'm going to be up there and I'm going to be meeting with individuals and because it's not going to work and because they're innocent isn't going to work yeah. because that's oh, yeah. not what this is. But what right. is going to work well, because they aren't innocent. <laughs> well, no, correct. But what is going to work is you're going to have to get personal. And if I have to walk into a meeting with some representatives in the next couple of weeks and let them know what conversations have been like for me or for Jen or for those of us who have victims, family members calling because they're terrified. Like, that's not okay, Oklahoma. It's mm -hmm. not. And I apologize if I get emotional, but it's not the first time this week. Right. And it won't be the last. But, you know, that is what we should be looking at. We should be looking at 19-year-old kids who have lost not only their mother, but their father. 
Oh, yeah. And the state of Oklahoma mm. failed mm. them miserably. Yeah. They're already scared because Bigly. the person is going to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Now we get to be scared because if that person is is given life without parole or the de- one of the two, there's no guarantee there. And, you know, I'm a mom of five kids. And I don't want my 19-year-old son scared to death. I just don't. Mm-hmm. So I encourage so many people to just do your research, you know. Um, it's not a guilt or innocence bill. Right. It's not. Well, this because... The the pardon and parole board has never, in no state ever, has it ever been meant to be about guilt or innocence. Right. right. It's about whether the state should, the executive branch specifically, should offer leniency. Right. But a lot of requirement in pardon and parole is if you go before the pardon and parole board saying, I didn't do it, I'm innocent, my attorney was horrible, I didn't get a chance to tell the courts, the courts didn't believe me, the courts just denied me, everything stacked against me, you're not going to get parole. And that's a lie because if you're at that point, you, know, you have appellate options. So stop lying. Well, but- no, but. You see, Jennifer, for some people, I don't know if you've made this correlation yet. For some people, if the court system does not rule in the way you believe it should, mm-hmm. then it's unfair. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Uh, and that is where that is where the mindset is. It didn't go the way we wanted it to. And so it and can't so- be fair. Right. And, you know, that's kind of what I was confronted with, with the death penalty stuff with inmate 270147 is I realized I can't be an ideologue across the board um, because that, that he, I, I read all the case files. I read all the stuff. I did the same thing with, with Glossop. Mm-hmm. Those guys did it. There's no question that they did it. And I might not, maybe I don't particularly care. Maybe I'm not on the side of executing people, but I can't ignore that they committed these crimes and the law has adjudicated them as such. Right. And, and so I, it, it's not for me to go back and say, oh, well, they should have found him not guilty just because I don't particularly agree with executing people. Correct. Well, and that was like the press conference. Uh, to kind of <laughs> go back and relive that trauma um that was the press conference i heard opinions but i didn't hear any evidence i heard opinions um he didn't do it i think yeah. he's innocent yes. i heard there's not enough evidence well who died and made you the arbiter of of sufficient evidence i mean frankly i don't think glossop's ever challenged sufficiency of the evidence and if he did there's a multi-part layout of all of the evidence against Glossop in his direct appeal. And listen, honey, it is sufficient. It is bigly sufficient. I mean, I mean, if you're, if you hand over the 45, if you hand over the 4,000 or the 4,500 to your boss and he goes, sticks it under the, under the seat of the car and he drives to Tulsa and then he comes back and, he's murdered and that's the only thing that that you know it's like how do you even how do you even suppose to suggest Glossop didn't do it when he's the only one that knew about that money and the amount of it mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's just and where me. it was. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and if you, if, I mean, as a, and this is a weird thing to say as a, as a theologian, just how the things that we learn in different courses and in uh, translating stuff in many different languages and context and the verbiage and, and a, um, someone sent me the, his interviews with the police last week. And I mean, it didn't take long for, there was just a couple of sentences where Glossop said in his police interviews, you know, he knocked on my door. He told me that he did it. And I mm -hmm. couldn't believe that he did it. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, the fact, just the fact that he used that pronoun to somebody like me, who's taken hermeneutics and all kinds of, you know, translation courses for theology, I'm thinking, well, you, that when, just by using it, I mean, because if you weren't involved and you didn't have any indication prior to that, you would have said something like, I couldn't believe he told me he did that. Mm -hmm. But he went from, you know, saying, I couldn't believe he did it to telling Justin Sneed how to cover it up. Yeah. Now how, that doesn't, that, that speaks to your guilt, son, not your innocence. And well, and then you had, um, what was it? Uh, in one of his interviews, the first interview knows nothing. He's yeah. Sergeant Schultz. Uh, and then the next interview, when he's confronted with the fact that the cops know he's full of crap, he's like, okay, okay. I lied to you. I know I lied. You're right. But I, now I'm going to tell you the whole truth. Well, if you admit to lying to the police in your initial interview, hey, that's you telling a lie. Right. So one of McDougal's, you know, supposed uh, parameters is show me where he lied one time. We got him on tape showing saying he lied. Is that enough? So and McDougal, I posted two direct questions to him on twitter crickets still mm -hmm. yeah so um but yeah the the and the parole board pardon parole board and representatives have never been meant in any situation whatsoever to be the deciders of guilt ultimately of guilt or innocence that's always been an issue to be taken up and decided by the courts you know what? And Amy, it was also. Amy, uh, let me ask you, Amy, because I don't know. Back from the 2014 15 days, did Glossop ever, a, a, did he have a clemency back then? Yes. And was it, was he, did that part in parole board recommend um, like I, a. No. A reduction? I, no, 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 no. So again, um, he has already gotten that clemency. Um, he will most likely get another. Um, but this is also why it is so important on this house bill, because we know from what McDougal has done and clan, mm -hmm. what they did at that presser, mm -hmm. when they tried to make me believe that this was an independent thing. And then when I asked questions about the victims, they, they are, you know, tripping yeah. over their own words and you know one of them couldn't get to the podium fast enough and um and then said he, you know he had talked to julius jones's family that's right so that's why this is also so important you guys is because we don't need to be 
the depressor was bad enough for victims and their families in Oklahoma. Bless the hearts of the Van Sneed family. Um, mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to watch that, number one. Number two, they also shouldn't have to watch another trial on his innocence like the Howell family did. And that is why it is so important that this go, excuse me, into effect. And Pfeiffer made the same statement, uh, you know, at the committee meeting where he said, just as you could hear a case of innocence, you could hear a case of guilt if we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just, we're, that's not what they're for. And so, you know, the biggest thing here is what it's doing to the victims and, and their families. And that's why it is so important. And you're not going to hear an apology. I don't believe um, from any of them. I know that Jen and I have both made statements and asked for those. Um, we've yet to receive one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we can expect it, you know, uh, because that's not really what they're there for. So, yeah. but what this is going to do and this whole thing that they're trying to create is it's going to continue to cause more abuse to the victims and their, to the victims' families and not just of the murder. It's in the actions afterwards. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, some of these criminals, um, unfortunately, I think a lot of them are fed a lot of air and they get false hope. You know, do yeah. I really think that all these death row inmates think that they're really going to get off? No. But when you, you know, are fed something long enough, I'm not sure I blame the, the inmates, you know, because right, all they exactly. know is what they're being told. And they become so, amused. <laughs> right. And so, you know, unfortunately, some of them are just martyrs. Some of them are just uh, being used to try and get a bigger agenda. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, I think I think in the case of Glossa, no, we're talking manipulator. Yeah, from a way from way back. So, no, he's he's telling people he's innocent and he's probably pointing them in the direction of. Uh, well, look at Justin Sneed that did this and Justin Sneed did that. And this was who Justin Sneed was. And, you know, I, no. And I think I wouldn't put it past him to be behind some of the false evidence like that letter that says Justin Sneed recanted. Oh, yeah. Well, from his daughter. Yeah. I'm a, <clears throat> I yeah. think it was probably put in front of him. And you guys, if I'm sitting on death row. And I think that that's the only chance I have. I'm not so sure I wouldn't join it. You know, I, I'm not so sure I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, 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 that happened. Because I've yet to see a death row inmate other than Grant who apologized and took ownership, you know, and didn't try to kick the bucket and kick the can on down the road. Donald Grant or John Grant? Because John Donald. Grant was claiming a secret affair. With his victim. No, Donald Grant apologized. Donald Grant. Okay. And yes. So, um, you know, it's just, again, we don't know what it's like for them. And all I know is the longer this continues, the more, you know, pain and suffering that's going to happen to, to the victims and their families. Uh, McDougal's thing, it's not going anywhere. It's not going, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's mm-hmm. sitting. Yeah. So it hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, Mr. McDougal, though, was sitting front and center at that joint committee meeting. At one point, he was to the right side of me. I almost wanted to reach over and shake his hand, ask him if he remembered me. I would have reached over and popped him in the head. Yeah. Uh, frankly. Okay. <laughs> you don't treat a sick person that way. It's not. Okay, now I'm just going to tell you this hasn't happened in Oklahoma. But there is a death row inmate in the past who has owned who owned his crime from the get-go. 
and um, owned and earned his freedom and was released, commuted and released. And um, his name is Ronaldo Hudson. That guy is the standard of if you do something, you own it and you begin mm-hmm. to do the things you need to do while you're in the clink. And that's what that guy did. And he is an amazing advocate today. I mean, it just, that's part, been part of my shtick when I've helped inmates in the clink is you would be amazed at the things that happened within you and for you and around you when you just take responsibility for your actions, no matter how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. And and this guy is the is the standard and the example. And, um, you know, somebody like inmate 270147, and I, I'm, I'm referring to Mr. Jones, um, you know, that kid had just owned his crime. He'd been out by now. Right. Probably. Probably so. He would have been out let's by not now. Give them any, let's not give them any, um, let's not give them anything else to try and get through well, with. My, my point so being, my, well, I, my point being is, is that like with Glossop and, and all of these guys, they are doing what criminal thinkers do. And, and it gets, you know, it really is, it gets to the point where it harms the system in a way where even on a pardon and parole board, you don't know who to trust. I mean, mm-hmm. there has to be a standard and, and you got to own what you do. And that it was just to the point about, you know, nobody's ever owned up to it in Oklahoma. No, they haven't, but there are other death row inmates in this country that have, and they won their freedom from just being honest and taking responsibility and not running the victims through the ringer. And in fact, it was their integrity that led, you know, the victim's families to ultimately say, you know what, you should let him go. Mm -hmm. He's paid for his crime. Right. I mean, these, it can go so much differently, but it often doesn't, unfortunately. Jones and Glossop are too manipulative and too sociopathic for that. It's never going to be a, it's never going to be something wrong with them. It's always going to be something wrong with somebody else in the system. And, you know, it's not fair and they're the victims. Um, That's the most insulting part sometimes in dealing with this is seeing people making criminals the victim Mm -hmm. and victims treated like shit because they're somehow responsible for the predicament the killer is in. Right. Cause that, oh. or they've been lied to and they don't know the truth. Right. Well, we can only hope that with Miss Doyle's resigna- resignation, that her replacement is not like Mr. Luck was. We can only hope that it's somebody who actually um, is up for the task and isn't um, anti-death penalty or pro-death, you know, somebody that is learned in, in all kinds of things related to inmates and, and probation and criminogenic needs and, and public safety and what the mm-hmm. mission of the board is supposed to be. And preserving life means 
preserving and protecting the public as well. Right. And I mean, there is just nothing, you know, we can talk about the people that committed these crimes till we're blue in the face, but, but what Amy and I and people in Oklahoma are actually really dealing with are the failure of state reps and a pardon and parole board and people who appoint them to, to, to protect the public first and foremost, as they should. Now, uh, the, the pardon and parole board has come under scrutiny uh, over release of Lawrence Anderson and his subsequent crimes. Um, the grand jury convenes on Tuesday. Has it been uh, investigating for some time or is this the initial grand jury investigation beginning? Uh, they have started it. However, this uh, on Tuesday is when they will actually hear uh, testimony uh, from witnesses and other. Okay. So they've gathered documentary evidence. Correct. Correct. And yes. uh, reports and things of that nature. Now they're going to start hearing testimony to determine whether any crimes were committed. Criminal act. Correct. Yes. Now they have with... enough that have gotten to that point. And so, yeah. uh, which, so, so do wait, I think real that... quick, just real quick. Now, is this going to be paralleling Mr. Anderson's actual prelim and hearing for the murder stuff? No, that is not until April. Okay. Um, and it actually will probably, I don't know for sure, but depending on, you know, some other factors around it could be pushed off so um there's a lot surrounding that one that could could determine a lot of that but um no this is you know i was driving in my car um thursday when i saw the notification of kelly doyle and (laughs) i'm not even sure it almost is like a surreal feeling to me um because the, the biggest thing for me in, in seeing that resignation is, was a thank you. A thank you because Adam Luck did some damage um, in the way that he treated some victims and their families. Uh, Kelly Doyle's statements um, when getting on that board, you know, and her inconsistency as to why she was voting for or against something was a, was a major concern. And her being a mental health advocate, well, I mean, I don't know how long you've done that and how much background exactly you've, you've experienced in mental health, but you were probably more causing more damage to victims and their families than Adam Luck was. And you know what? It's a vindication of sorts. And yet at the same mm -hmm. time, it is still another dig at the victims, families, who were victims of the pardon and parole board, mm-hmm. like Paul Howell's family. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't, don't know that, that, I don't know that anything could make that better. And I think I said that, Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you the hope this gives me, it gives Oklahoma the opportunity to get it right. Oh yeah. It absolutely. gives victims families such as the family of Paul House, such as Lawrence Anderson's um, victims, families and their, and yeah. the victim. Um, it gives them a little bit of peace that said, you know what? Um, we didn't get it wrong. We weren't crazy. We yeah. weren't blood seekers. We yeah. weren't, you know, all of these things. And 
this is what I want people to pay attention to is she just gave this resignation last week. One right after the house bill was, was passed out of committee and Mm -hmm. two just days away from this grand jury. So Mm -hmm. pay attention. There's some stuff in there that's going to come out. I'm telling you right now. And, um, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think that for me, I think that the best vindication in, because of this situation would be if they find criminal, uh, misconduct Mm -hmm. on these two, I think it could open the door for some things to be reheard. Well, and for Stitt to appoint someone who's competent. Right. And okay, that's he thought they were competent. You guys don't give him too much credit. Don't. Because he appointed those two. So don't exactly. give him that credit. That's, but that was what, that's yeah. one thing I'm wondering is, has he learned or is he going to appoint two more activists I who don't, are so as bad thing. as if not worse? Oh, no. You also have to not. remember who... You have to remember who the governor's council was at that time also, okay? Mm-hmm. The governor's council was in cahoots with these people. He's got someone now who's not really in cahoots, so. Okay. I think that he's learned his lesson, A, from the choices they made, B, I think he's learned his lesson based on the comments, the shading, the hatefulness from the convicted murderer side. The lives lost. He granted clemency. Yeah, yeah. and so... I don't have a whole lot of hope for Governor Stitt. I don't. I know. Um, Ungrateful you know, little turd. I, well, I mean, I just not happy. Calling it how I see it. Yeah, I just I I don't I don't have a whole lot of faith. What I do have faith in is the people of Oklahoma, right? You know, yeah. and, and so I think that I think that if it means them, you know, enough to them, that that they'll do it. And I want to shout out to the Oklahoma AG's office right now. And to DA Prater right now um, for the work that they have done, relentless work that they have done to try and get this pardon and parole board grand jury to the point that it is. Yeah. Um, Not everybody can see what goes on behind the scenes. Not everybody has conversations and knows how many hours that these people are putting into this because they do care about the safety. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they tried to stop this two years ago. They tried to stop it. And that's where this stemmed from was them saying, hey, hold up. The, the things that they're trying to do and the things they're trying to undermine is, a, is an issue. And hey. so they have kept the fight for almost two years mm-hmm. now, you guys. And so I think people that are on the opposite side want to just look at them and be like, oh, they're jerks or they're this or that. No, they are stand up individuals when no matter how much pushback you're getting, and how much flack, because like I said, I went through it this week. Uh-huh. You continue to push on and do what you feel is right. You guys, that's commendable. And I think yeah. the, resi- the resignations of, uh, of Luck and Doyle vindicate Prater. I, right. percent. I hope they've also vindicate um, the Blankenships. Lawrence Anderson victim. Listen, those guys have been screaming. They have been emailing and calling as victims. Mm-hmm. For I mean, since it happened, they've had they haven't stopped talking to whoever they could to see about why is this going on mm-hmm. and what's happening. So I mean, props to them as well as as yeah. victims. I mean, wow, 
they've been they've been on this for a long time and to finally see a ball rolling in a direction and you you got to have to you know we have to hold them up and mm-hmm. stand with them as and as they continue because they haven't had anybody you know in this capacity uh, publicly you know to to speak with them and and out for them and on that note, what's, can you, will you tell, explain, because I tried last week, Amy, this thing with the letters. Did you get a letter from some attorneys or did you get a letter? Who's the letter at the press conference thing? Um, you, are you allowed to bring that up? Cause I'm dying to know. <laughs> yes and no. I'll touch briefly on it. I will touch briefly on it. So uh, prior to this presser, uh well after the announcement that there was going to be this presser uh you know i mentioned earlier it's not just you know these these criminals and these inmates don't just have victims from their crime that they were sentenced for they Mm -hmm. have some of them have you know victims from things that they've done since they've been in prison uh in one particular situation we have a victim who used to be a former supporter And when they did their own research and came to their own conclusion, uh, and that inmate realized that they weren't supporting them anymore, then it turns to threats and, um, oh, not direct, you know, I'm going to do bodily harm to you, but enough to put some fear in them. And so... At that presser, if you heard, I asked when they talked about the evidence, I, so let me back this up. So that victim um, reached out and that's what we're here for. You know, uh, there's a lot of victims in Oklahoma who are terrified, as I mentioned, and Mm -hmm. this is one of those because God forbid what happened with the pardon and parole board before, you know, were to happen again, who's to say these people don't come after them. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I raised the issue when it was talking about evidence in that, in that presser, we should have played a clip for it. And I asked if they were going to see all evidence, you know, if they were going to look at what they've done since they were convicted, you know, what's happened since then. And they said, yes, what are you talking about? And so I mentioned it. Well, the, the amount of people who flocked to me instantly was, was a little bit overwhelming. Um, I was getting a little bit claustrophobic. Uh, But one day later, you know, they're supposed to be getting case files from all these other people. One day later, I had a letter overnighted to me uh, at Mm -hmm. my, right. I had a letter overnighted to me demanding that I uh, turn over these things. So no, here's the deal. I don't have to give you shit (laughs) and I won't. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that I've come out and talked about it, and I'm I'm gonna oh stand strong in that. I don't have to give mm-hmm. you a single thing. All right. Uh, it's it's been, you know, other individuals have been informed as well that they have it. And if you want to try to use the same harassment, intimidation, belittling, con, you know, um, mm-hmm. actions that you use with victims' families and things like that you guys are going to have to pay a little bit more attention to me and you're going to have to uh, figure out a different game because I don't succumb to that. Mm -hmm. So, and the last thing I'm going to do is turn over information that's going to protect our victims. Yeah. And here's the other thing, Mr. Glossop and your team, you don't have an open case. 
Yeah. Exactly. It's not a subpoena. That was, and I that don't was care my response. Are. Yeah. Follow, go ahead. There's no subpoena, subpoena it. File it. Yeah. But you know what? Until then, your threats don't scare me. Yeah. Your intimidation so, does not scare me. Now, let me ask you this, and you can just say yes or no. Is could it be redacted in a way that protects the victim but still exposes Glossop for a piece of shit that he is? Does he say anything uh, incriminating? For example, like I've already arranged one person's murder, I can arrange yours too. So, out of respect for. Again, yeah, I, I, I don't want you yeah. to, you know, I'm just I'm just asking yes or no. Does it? I can tell you that it does incriminate them in the sense that, A, it's a vile threat. It's mm-hmm. a viable threat. And two, uh, more than one time. And three, it's absolute more blatant lies that speak to the character that Glossop has always been. Mm-hmm. So, so so the these uh, alleged unbiased and yet turned out to be Innocence Project attorneys. Mm-hmm. They actually overnighted a thing. A demand. A demand to you to give them a letter. And it doesn't It doesn't even have anything to do with the case. And yet here they are supposed, supposedly investigating the case. I mean, that's just so stupid. Right? Well, stupid. I can tell you what it says. Uh I mean, what it does that says, have to do with with the case? But what it does what it does tell me is exactly damage control. Well, they're, yeah, it, they're it exactly, and they're they're want they want they want to diminish the victim's right, credibility. Right. It is they, exactly that, which the, is exactly playbook. why I haven't yeah. released it, and yeah. I was going to release it. The reason I Good. haven't turned it over yeah. is because I'm not going to give you a leg up and try to try to harass, intimidate, you know, Mm -hmm. just basically try and make this witness look like they're just not a credible witness, um, you know, and basically get them impeached before. But I can tell you Uh, it came from Reed Smith. Yeah. And they still refer to themselves as uh, uh, independent investigation. So it says opening and it addresses me and addresses the press conference addresses what I've said as far as threatening letters and it says to assist us in our independent independent investigation we ask that you provide us with any and all information regarding such letters and individuals including copies of said letters if they're in your possession please contact us if you have any questions we look forward to receiving this information well so so really what what it is really and I I guess I, I brought that up because I'm thinking you know what that that is exactly part of the playbook that Lisa, Roberta, mm-hmm. Sean, Martin, Dudley. I mean, it's the same playbook where they just try to pull from whatever they can, the Innocence Project, aka Innocence Fraud people. Mm-hmm. And so here we have yet again, and this is for the public to understand about the Innocence Project. Is it really an Innocence Project? Or is it just another innocence fraud sham? But they pull from the same playbook where they're not really independent. They're not unbiased. They right. have a goal and it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the noble cause right. of, of, of getting somebody who is factually innocent out of jail. 
mm-hmm. which is why those documents stay in my possession. Go on, and good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to aid in your yeah. fraud of the American people and the exactly. Oklahoma. I'm not. Mm-hmm. If you right. want a copy of that, go yeah. fi- go find it. Because if you do your research, you can find it. Mm-hmm. They can find it. There's been copies, you know, turned over to certain individuals, you know, to certain um, powers that be, should I say. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is what they sent. I have it. And I'm not sure if I want to frame it or not. Because, um, you know, to me, it did exactly why the, it, it served its purpose as to why we were there. We mm-hmm. were there to figure out what was going to go on. We were there to stand up for victims who who are afraid to stand up and speak out for themselves. And you know what? Yeah. That overnight letter means to me, that means that we got their attention. Right. And I'm glad we did because we're mm-hmm. not going anywhere. And you guys can make up the whole facade that you want and make up all these lies and everything else. But at the end of the day, if you're going to continue to act this way and treat victims and their families in Oklahoma this way and try to um, allow this to continue, we're going to be here and I'm going to get louder. And you're going to have to do something a little bit more than an overnight letter. You should probably first get my name right. But yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it's just you it's want an intimidation tactic that that, that follows other people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Follow Let me subpoena. give you my lawyer's Go address ahead. and her phone number. Right now, right. I don't owe you shit. And I would write them a letter saying exactly that. You know I what? Mean, my <laughs> time is way more important than to waste a letter on them. They can hear me. I mean, right now, what we're having to do is protect our friends and families and neighbors mm-hmm. from right. the right. likes of you what makes you think i'm going to take, go out of my way to help you continue to jeopardize their safety now and i'm going has, to put this back at uh representative stevens cowboy stevens uh-huh. um wherein i asked <laughs> if he had contacted the victims and he said no ma'am i haven't had time i mean i have a busy schedule and i barely they have time to send him my yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I have to say, sir. I haven't had time, and I've got a really busy schedule, and I haven't been able to find time to get these documents to you. So um, I do apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, has there been any backlash from McDougal and the other reps whose names I didn't even bother to learn? Um, what do you mean backlash? You know, for them supporting somebody like Glossop, who is so pardon me under not undeniably guilty well i know for me uh i've done what we have done the whole time as i've called them out but i've also made contact with their districts mm-hmm. and i know people who are in their districts mm-hmm. and i've had conversations and let them know that this is what they're standing for this is what they're trying to do not what they're trying to tell you because what that ad hoc committee did was get up there and lie to the citizens of Oklahoma. yeah period and I'm and, gonna call you out. And this all comes from Dr. Fucking Phil. Their marching orders are from Dr. Phil. Okay. Well, then Dr. Phil should have told them to issue a subpoena. Because I found articles um, when this quote ad hoc committee started that basically it came from Dr. Phil looking at the case. That's where it all comes um, from in, so, in gossip's stance. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's well, maybe more Kim the same Kardashian than, gave McDougal a blowjob. Maybe know. that's what you know, because I'm sure she's come out for gossip. 
I don't know. I, I, I have, you know, I'm uh, sorry. That was one like, step too far, Jennifer. No, it wasn't. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned her because this was something that I, I, I couldn't help but, you know, I cannot as an Oklahoman, as a Tulsa, and I, there's no way that Amy doesn't agree with me on this to, to listen to people like Dr. Phil and Kim Kardashian and people that don't even live in our cities mm-hmm. just spewing this crap that is patently false is it, it it's it's all under that umbrella of I'm looking at them going my family isn't safe because of McDougal Mr. Humphreys Cowboy Stevens um, the Black Caucus in Oklahoma Representative Goodwin Kim Kardashian, Dr. Phil, these people have absolute, talk about privilege, talk about not having a clue that what they're really doing is sowing a public safety crisis in the minds of Oklahomans, and we hate you for it. Mm-hmm. Because But here's the thing, because, they don't have to deal with it because they don't live here. Well, yeah. that's my point. That's my point right. is it's so insulting because I don't care. You could have all the money in the world for all the security in the world, but, but wait until you've got somebody standing on a wall aimed right at your house and you tell me you're going to be okay with that. I mean, there's still got to be some baseline, you know, is what I'm doing jeopardizing people's safety. And if the answer is yes, then, then you, it, it, and you don't live here and you don't know the facts here's my F-bomb for the day, then shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bounce off of that and say, if you are a citizen in Oklahoma and it does affect your public safety and you choose to go one way or the other based on what someone out of state says, shame on you too. I'm going to need you to turn in your voter card, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because stop it. And so it goes both ways, you guys. If, If there's if you're hearing the noise from the individuals who are saying because Kim Kardashian or X, Y, and Z or Baker freaking Mayfield said that, you know, you're innocent. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't have time for you either. Like mm-hmm. it, it consider the source, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Consider the source. And if you can't consider the source and it isn't a reliable source, then just it's drown out the noise. It's just noise. It's noise. Well, they need to be calling their local reps. And saying, mm-hmm. I don't appreciate you jeopardizing my the, the safety right. of my family. I don't appreciate these games that you're playing because none of the games that you're playing are even based in any fact whatsoever. They have no right. grounds and they have no merit. And the only thing that they're mm-hmm. doing is jeopardizing the safety of the people that you swore to protect. Right. Um, I will bounce. I'll, I'll piggyback on that and just say real quick, um, I'm going to have to wrap it up soon because... Uh, one of our eight individual or our eight children have a birthday today. So uh, oh, we're going to have a birthday, birthday dinner. So, but off of that is because I do care about the safety of all eight of our kiddos and my family and everyone else. I'm going to encourage you. I don't care which bill you're looking at. If your representative has st- taken the stance to any way, shape or form, compromise your public safety, you need to get loud. And mm-hmm. if you can't get loud, call me because I can. 
and she and will. I will I will add to that if your it's representative so is advocating a position based on a celebrity's opinion, then you need to take the opposite position of your representative and make sure that when he comes up for re-election, his ass gets voted out. Right. Yeah. I've got a list going. I've got a list of districts that I'm going to visit. I've got a list of reps I'm going to visit. If you, if anyone out there listening has one that needs to add to that, give me a call, shoot yeah. me an email, victims project. Okay. At gmail.com. That's right. My phone number is listed on, on social media. Uh, feel free to give me a call. If you want to find out uh, where to overnight something call uh, Reed Smith law firm. Mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just stay informed, Oklahoma. It's a critical point right now, and I would encourage you to stand up for what you believe in, and, and I want to reiterate that Victims Innocence Project is not here to prove guilt or innocence or go one way or the other or be pro-anything or anti-anything. Our stance is we want to stand up for the rights that victims in Oklahoma and their families have as outlined in our Constitution. Well, and we're not going to stop. We're not. And it's just getting started. But, you know, I said this week and I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone. Um, You know, I told Lisa she had messaged me last night and I had to take a mental health break, you know, uh, because it's important. And I will say that Jennifer and I have gotten a lot of thank yous and I need to put that back out there. You know, I need to put that back out into the citizens of Oklahoma. Because without you calling and emailing and retweeting and sharing and things like that and raising public awareness, we may not be sitting here having the same conversation. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you think it doesn't matter, if you think your voice doesn't matter, I want you, if you have children, I want you to look to your right or your left, wherever they're sitting. And, you know, just know that you can do more. Know well, that we are on the their safety is important. We are on the cusp of being a pro-criminal rights state. We are on that fence and it, you know, that it could tip either way. And you Mm -hmm. look, if you, yeah, look at your kids and do I want to live in this pro, do I want to live in a pro criminal rights state? Cause I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Kim Kardashian. I don't care if you're Baker Mayfield. I don't care if you're representative Lowe. It can happen to you. And -hmm. if you don't think it can happen to you, get in touch with me. I'll put you in touch with some victims, family members. And I'll tell you right now that they were sitting at a point where they didn't think that they would ever be dealing with this. And it's not okay. We're better than this. And when I say we're better than this, I'm also going to encourage people to treat others how you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really hard not to get nasty. It's going to be really hard not to lash back out. But I want to encourage people to take the higher road. You know, I want to encourage people that, you know, not everyone acts how they should and not everyone isn't, you know, reflection of what other people feel. So just remember that. So did we miss anything? No, I think we're, I think we're good. I think on that note, on the high road, we're going (laughs) to. Representative Pfeiffer, I want to thank you again. 
Um, Absolutely. Just real quick, because he, he actually and, and thank Lisa. Thank you. I mean, listen, well, I was there's plenty of stuff going on. So there uh, is Lisa and Roberta and and so many individuals who help do this. Um, based in you know, fact, bonus. That's right. Four is probably the day after tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, I can tell you that our our podcast from last week before the committee meeting uh, had a lot of traffic. And I got a lot of, a lot of contacts saying, Hey, I heard you or, Hey, I did this. And some of those people were from the house of representatives. So thank you to you guys as well, because, you know, it's a little bit hard to get in on mainstream media here because we don't fit the narrative in some, in some situations. So, um, you know, it takes people like you guys that willing to put us on there, regardless of what you perceive the cost to be. So we thank you. Well, you're welcome. And, you know, y'all fit the, the niche that I've created perfectly <laughs> because I don't look at, I don't try and quote investigate. I look right. at cases from the perspective of the courts. Mm -hmm. I don't like the court of public opinion and I like to be the anti-court of public opinion. Yeah. So this, this is, um, and these are the voices that, that aren't heard right and right. not listen to <laughs> most I, of the time real quick follow up on that if you're unsure how to reach jen or myself um you can find us on twitter uh, oklahoma victims innocence project you can find us on facebook you can find us on instagram our email is victims innocence project okay at gmail.com feel free to shoot us an email if you have any questions need any help um and we'll be happy to speak with you and I will post links on the YouTube yes. version uh, when I upload it to YouTube. Right. I'll be Thank sure to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank Lisa. you so much. It. You are welcome, ladies. Okay. It's Take care. Great, great having you again. And, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm and, sure. Until next time in a couple of days. <laughs> 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 I'm thank busy you. next weekend. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Take thank care. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was a great, another great interview with uh, with Amy and Jennifer. Um, I really love talking to those ladies. Thank you for listening to Based in Fact, a true crime podcast with Lisa O'Brien. If you like the show and want to know more, you can find me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at O'Brien L. Ann. Kyle and I will be back next week for State of Arkansas versus Damian Eccles. We'll talk about the propaganda campaign waged by advocates for Eccles surrounding efforts to perform additional DNA testing using MVAC technology, which started with Bob Ruff in 2017. I'll also finally get to expose the fact that the advocates' claims about lost and missing evidence was nothing more than propaganda based on the fact that Eccles' attorneys were able to determine that all of the evidence was present and accounted for, not illegally lost or destroyed by the state as they claimed for months. We'll also talk about the flaws in the recent formal request for DNA testing that was made by Eccles early in January. So until then, have a great week and stay safe. Good night. Thank you.